The word glory, to glorify God, what does it mean to glorify God? In simple terms, it means to make him look good. That's what glorify God is, in simple terms, to make him look good. To display as much as possible his perfect attributes. I want to display his perfect attributes. We'll find that sometimes Christians are a discouragement to unbelievers. Some people don't want to go to church because of the way we display Christ. We, we display him in how we feel versus in how he should be displayed. God is holy. God is awesome. God is wonderful. But, if, but sometimes our trials, our pains, our problems overshadow what we should be displaying. Because I'm going through something, it can overshadow who God really is. Now, first of all, God ain't got no cancer. God ain't got AIDS. God ain't sick. He ain't got the pneumonia. He ain't got no divorce. He ain't got no health problems. He ain't got no financial problems. God is just God. He owns what? Everything. Everything. The problem is we don't. <laughs> and because we are limited, we'll sometimes make him limited when he's unlimited. He's God all by himself. So to glorify God, the glory means, to, in simple terms, I said this earlier, I said again, is to make him look good. I'm not to display Eric, because Eric don't always look good. I'm to display him, Christ. Now, notice who I'm talking to, you. Are you pay attention to what I'm saying? I ain't talking to the audience. I'm talking to you. So if I'm talking to you, that means you need to grasp this for yourself and not hear a message for your neighbor. So we're talking about the temple of God. What is the temple of God? What is the purpose of the temple of God? But before we can talk, talk about the temple, we must first talk about his glory. Once I get my mind set on him getting glory, then I understand how to give him glory in his temple. Is that all right? So now glorifying God simply means to make him look good, uh, to display as much as possible his perfect his perfect attributes, his morals, excellence, his infinite greatness, his worth. That's the glorified God. Now look at something in Isaiah 6, verse 1 through 5. Watch what it says, Rita. In the year that King Uzziah died, uh -huh. I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on, a, seated on a throne. I saw God high and seated on a high throne. And what else? And the train of his robe filled the temple. Look what the Bible says. And his glory filled the temple. His glory filled the temple, the heavenly places. Read. Above him were seraphim. Above him was angels. Each with six wings. And each angel had six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. They covered their faces so they couldn't see God because he was just too wonderful to be looked at. These are angels. The angels know how to give him glory. The angels don't look upon him as though he's just something. <laughs> Read. With two wings, they covered their faces. Yeah. With two, they covered their feet. Uh-huh. And with two, they were flying. Yes. And they were calling to one another. They said to each other, what? Holy, holy, holy is uh -huh. the Lord Almighty. Holy, holy. And, and that's going to understanding of this word holy. It means to set aside. It means to set apart. 
It means to be different. So the angels came together and said to each other, they didn't say it to him because they know who he was. They said it to each other. He's holy, holy, holy. Now, if we give you two holies, that means he's most holy. But when they gave him three holies, that means we can't describe him. We can't describe him. All we can just say is that he's just holy. But sometimes our lives, we live our lives as though, as though he's like us, as though he's still a human. And we forget he sits on high. And we're the ones who sit low. And, and the Bible say, and the angels had enough understanding to cover their faces, cover their feet, and fly and talk to each other. He's what, reader? Holy, holy, holy. What? Is the Lord Almighty. He's holy, holy, holy. We give him three holies. Why you give him three? Because I can't describe him. When you get to the place where you just say, God, you're just so awesome, you don't know what else to say. And sometimes we have an awesomeness in our head, but we don't say it out of our mouths. And when it don't come out of our mouths, we don't have a lifestyle. Watch what it says. Holy, holy, holy yes. is the Lord Almighty. Uh -huh. The whole earth is full of his glory. The whole earth. I know we say the world is getting worse. The world is getting bad. But look what the Bible says. The whole earth is filled with his glory. So the believers, they know how to find his glory, even in a bad situation. The believers know how to recognize the beauty of God. I was on a ship yesterday, and, 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 uh, and, um, and it was a bunch of cars on this ship. And so, and I was just sitting there going across this river, and man, I was saying, God, my God. Just water made me say, my God, my God. You got, all, you got 25 cars, they heavy, and you got a ship that's heavy. But yet, it's in the water with its thin self know how to come together to become thick, to hold up heavy stuff. God, you are awesome. How in the world water, wait a minute, water can put in my hand and slide off my hand, but it can hold a ship. Sometimes you need a, a nature experience so you can give God a spiritual praise. <laughs> if you could just get out of your moment, just get out of your moment. I, I, I didn't come to instruct you, but I got to say it every now and then. If you could just get out of your moment, and get around nature, you can see the beauty of God. If you can just see the trees and, and just enjoy the nature, if you can just see the water, if you can see the sky, you can just say, God, you're so awesome. Somebody, watch this, you got two types of beach goers. One who go and get in God's water, and the other one say, God, your water bad. <laughs> so now watch what it says again in verse uh, four, verse four. At the sound of their voices, uh -huh. the doorposts and thresholds shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. And the temple, the Bible keeps talking about that temple. And the temple was filled with his presence where God lives. We got to give him glory. The angels came and gave him glory, glory, glory. It's hard to give God praise and glory and, to, and magnify him and exemplify his attributes when we are stuck on ourselves. When we're always begging, we can't give him nothing. If we're in position where we're always asking him to do something, then we'll never be in position to say, God, you're wonderful. We'll never praise our way out of a situation because we're too busy asking God to get us out of a situation. Learn how to praise him and worship. I, I didn't come to instruct you. Isaiah 43 and 6, 7. Isaiah 43 and 7. You got to understand, I've been in his presence, so I'm happy right now. I'm feeling good. Because you understand, I've been going through something this week, but my God, I'm so glad I've been going through it. Yeah. 
because it made me recognize God. Amen. So I told you the other, the other day, sometimes trouble ought to, is good for you. Because if it wasn't for the trouble, you wouldn't be broken. And because of the trouble, it made you tell God, Lord, I need you. And then when you got in his presence, then you say, God, I thank you. <laughs> so watch what it says in Isaiah 43 and 7. Watch what it says, reader. Everyone who is called by my name. Everybody who's called by God's name. Whom I created for my glory. So you were created for his glory. You were created for his majesty. You were created for his attributes, his morals. You were created for Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? We were created for his glory. I know it don't sound exciting. Because you're too busy stuck on yourself. See, you, you waiting on me to preach, and I'm already preaching because I'm trying to get you out of you and get you on him. His glory. I got to talk about that. We can't talk about the temple. We can't talk about the car. We can't talk about healing in your body. We can't talk about money in your pocket until you give him some glory. And when you give him glory, then you realize that money really don't matter. As bad as you want good health, that health really don't matter when you give him glory. Because as he is, that's how I'm going to be. I'm going to be transformed. Some people glorify their bodies and don't glorify God. They will invest in medicine to make sure their body is healthy. They'll put $100 a month to make sure that they get the right pills and vitamins to make sure their blood is healthy. But won't put something in their soul to make sure their spirit is healthy. Glorify God. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I don't apologize. So now watch what the writer says in Isaiah 43, 7 again. Everyone who is called by my name, uh -huh. whom I created for my glory, yeah. whom I formed and made, yes. lead out those who have eyes but are blind. Look what he says. He says, I created man for my glory. So you were created for God's glory, for his greatness to make him look good. We were created to make God look good. We are gods on earth. The Bible says something powerful. Greater is he that's on the inside than he that's on the outside. So I got a great God on the inside of me than he lives on the outside of me. The problem is when I leave church, that's when he ain't great no more. We don't make him great in our living room. We don't make him great in our car. We make him great only when we come to church. We give too much credit to the building and won't give credit to the God in us. That's why nobody don't see God in you. Because they, that's why you don't invite nobody to church because you don't want them to see God in you. You don't mind getting good, thorough teaching. You just don't want nobody to know you're getting good, thorough teaching. <laughs> so you keep God to yourself and you don't want to share him. So then when you get outside the outer courts, you look like the world. And then when the world curse around you, they don't say they're sorry. Because they feel like you curse right along with them. When the world talk about men's body parts and women's body parts, they don't feel sorry about saying that around you because they feel like you'll say the same thing too. Because there's no holy, holy, holy in you. Oh, that's all right. And if it is holy, you can, you can, you can cause the holiness of God to, to be stagnant. In other words, he want to blossom in you, but he can't because you're too busy trying to please the world. I ain't mean to come in and get struck you, but I came to share, share something with you. 
Read that verse again, read it. Everyone who is called by my name, uh-huh. whom I created for my glory, yeah. whom I formed and made. Go to Isaiah 42, verse 5. Isaiah 42, verse 5. I got to give a teaching this morning. I feel good. My God, I've been in his presence. I told Pastor Rand, I want you to, to preach this, uh, this morning at 9 o'clock. I'm going to stay in the bed and rest. Well, God woke me up at 6 and said, get up. <laughs> God said, get up. Watch this here. Isaiah 42, verse 5 says what? This is what God the Lord says. This is what the Almighty Father says. The creator of the heavens. What it says? The creator of the heavens. He created what? The heavens. Read. Who stretches them out. He stretched heaven out. Who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it. And made earth big. Who gives breath to its people. And give life to us. And life to those who walk on it. Yes. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I've called you to righteousness. I will take Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you ain't living righteous, that means God didn't call you. I've called you to righteousness. Read. I will take hold of your hands. I'm going to grab your bodies. I will keep you. Uh huh. And will make you to be a covenant for the people. I'm going to make you be an example to the people. And a light for the Gentiles. Yes. To open eyes that are blind. Read. To free captives from prison. Uh huh. And to release from the dungeon those who sit in huh? darkness. Read. I am the Lord. What you say? I am the Lord. What you say? I am the Lord. What else? That is my name. Uh huh. I will not yield my glory to another. Look at him. So God say, I get the glory. Everything I created is so I can get praise. I didn't create water so you can just swim in it. I didn't create water so you can just take a bath and get dirt off you. I created water so it can give me glory. I created the sun so it can give me majesty. I created you so you can breathe, so you can say hallelujah. Quit using your oxygen to cuss somebody out. Quit using your oxygen to talk negative about somebody. When the last time you praised him, why hurting? Father, I want to say thank you. And God said, that's my boy up there. Read. I am the Lord. Uh-huh. That is my name. Yes. I will not yield my glory to another uh-huh. or my praise to idols. Yes. See, the former things have taken place. Give me Psalms 19 and 1. I got to run. Psalms 19 and 1. Then we're going to go over here and talk about this temple a little bit, okay? Psalms 19 and 1 and also Psalms 115. Psalms 19 and 1 says what? The heavens declare the glory of God. What you say? The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky, the stars, the moon, the sun, the universe, it declares God's glory. You know what's so wonderful about when you look up in the sky? You couldn't put it there. You want to know what's so wonderful and awesome about the sun when it's shining outside and real pretty? You didn't have nothing to do with it. So you can't help but say, it's pretty outside. Some people, that's easy to say, but what, what a Christian say, look at the day that the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. What the Bible says again, reader? The heavens declare the glory of God. What, what declares God's glory? The heavens. What declares God's glory? The heavens. Everything in heaven declares God's glory. Read. The sky. Every time you see a sky, it's giving God glory. You say, it's cloudy up there, the sky says, I'm giving God glory. <laughs> It's like it's getting ready to rain. The sky said, no, I'm getting ready to praise him with some tears. Because you won't praise him with tears because you got too much pride in you. You won't cry every now and then. Nothing God do make you say, Lord, I thank you. Every now and then, a tear ought to run down your face when you think of the goodness of Jesus. Hey, when you think about where he brought you from and think about where you're at, every now and then, a tear run down your face. Lord, I just thank you for my health. 
Thank you for my family. Thank you for a place to lay my head. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. So that's, that's why tears come down the sky. Because the sky said, he's so wonderful, I got to cry. Read, read it. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky, the heavens declare his glory. Once again, what does glory mean? It simply means to make him look good. The heavens will pour out rain so that the earth can yield fruit. And whenever the earth yields fruit, the earth is giving God glory. You call it gardening. You call it planting flowers. You call it, it's, it's springtime, so now I need to beautify my yard. And you don't realize your yard is saying, I'm coming to give God glory. So God will throw some flowers through you. You won't praise him, but God will use your flowers to praise him. You won't give him glory. You won't give him fruit, but God will use you to grow fruit. To give him glory. You thought, look at my watermelons. And you go and tell everybody, look at my watermelons. Look at my beets. Look at my onions. Look at my tomatoes. And the tomatoes and the onions, if you can only hear them say, I'm giving God glory. That's the only reason why I grew. I'm just going to let you eat me, but I came to give God glory. You call it a sweet watermelon, but, but the watermelon say, no, I'm sweet because Jesus is sweet. And you don't even know what your garden plant itself, God getting glory out of them flowers. Hallelujah, Jesus. Read. The heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare his majesty. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. The sky show you what his hands look like. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Yes. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. Yes. They have no speech. Yes. They use no words. Uh-huh. No sound is heard from them. You don't hear nothing from your flowers. You hear nothing from the sky. You hear nothing from the earth. But yet, God is getting glory from it all. Because sometimes we get too comfortable. And we think because our hands did it, we did it. And don't know God is the one that gave you the ability. When you plant the seed, God was the one that breathed on it and made it grow. You call it aerating your yard. God said, I call it breathe on it. So when you see your yard next year, you say, look how pretty my yard is. You even show, take, take, look at my yard. Look at my, you take pictures of it. You show everybody how pretty your yard is. You even manicure it, cut it all even. Oh, come on, son. And you up there looking at it, look how pretty it is. And God said, I did that. I wanted that yard to look good so I can get glory. Uh, so watch this here. I'm going to show you something else about God's glory. Psalms 115. God get the glory, not us. Psalms 115. I just talked about that. Psalms 115, verse 1 through 4. What it says? Psalms 115, verse not 1 through 4. Not to us, Lord. What'd you say? Not to us, Lord. Not to us. Not to us. Uh-huh. But to your name be the glory. What you, what, what you just say? Not to us, Lord. So whatever you do, you shouldn't be getting glory. Wherever you work at, God should get the glory. Not to us. Oh, man, I'm, I'm a good painter. I could paint. I could paint up something. You can't do nothing without God doing it. So your paint job ought to be glory. Every time you, your brush go across the wall, glory, glory, glory. Oh, that's all right. Every time you cut your grass, glory. And then you look back. Ahead of you is nothing but weeds. But when you look back, you got a smooth, pretty grass. Glory, glory, glory. Water your flowers and your flowers that were looking like they were shriveled, going down, all of a sudden you put some water on it and they come back to life. Glory! 
your water didn't do it. It was God's glory. God let stuff grow so he can get praise from it. Why do you think you're still alive? If God couldn't get praise, I said he'd have been killed you. He's letting you live so you can give him some more glory. Verse 1 says what again? Not to us, Lord. Yes. Not to us. I got, I got a vision. I got a goal for my life. I'm going to retire. Retire? You better retire right now from your old ways. Because you may not even reach physical retirement. But you better go ahead and give him some spiritual praise while you can. Read, read, I got to stop. Not to us, Lord, not to us. Uh -huh. But to your name be the glory. Yes. Because of your love and faithfulness. Ah, because of your love and your what? Faithfulness. So you should get the glory because of your love and your faithfulness. God loved me greater than my wife loved me. My God is more faithful to me than my wife is. God is more faithful to my wife than I am. God loved me, and God loved my wife more than I love my wife. So when you put things in perspective and people in perspective, you won't glorify them. So that when they do break your heart, it won't hurt so bad because you ain't put all your glory into a person. You don't want nobody to perish. You don't want nobody to die. You don't want nobody to walk away from you, especially somebody you love. But, but if you put all you, you know, I saw a, a, a documentary, not documentary, news the other day where a man alligator got ate up. I mean, man, alligator. <laughs> well, alligators do get ate up too, though. <laughs> I saw a leopard jump in the water and get him one. <laughs> but a man had a dog, walked it by the lake in Florida and, and, and let the dog go. And the dog went to the edge of the water, sniffing because he smelled something. And the alligator reached up and snatched his tail off the ground and carried him under the water and ate him. The man was so distraught that he killed himself because of his dog. See how, how you reacted? See how you responded? Because to you, that's stupid. You want to know why it's stupid to you? Because you never put no glory in a dog. You don't understand how powerful something can be when you glorify it. I just thought the choir just got through singing, I love you forever. Some of them, I hope, when I say some of them, when I talk about the choir, I ain't just talking about this choir. I'm talking about all the choirs around the world. Some of them are just singing. But somebody really mean that thing. Somebody who really mean that song saying, Lord, I love you forever. I just lost my husband, but I'm going to love you forever. I just lost my wife, but I'm going to love you forever. I just found out I got cancer, but I'm going to love you forever. I ain't got no money, but I'm going to love you forever. I ain't got no insurance, but I'm going to love you forever. Somebody really mean, I'm going to love you forever. When you glorify something, it ought to saturate you. And that man was saturated by his dog and took his own. Some people died, killed themselves because... They want to be with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson died. And some young folks, I want to be with him. He's my God. He's my idol. And some people killed themselves so they can be with Michael Jackson. But now they don't woke up. Michael ain't, Michael ain't singing Billie Jean. If you could hear Michael singing now, he'll be telling you, be there. Be there. But it's too late to be there. 
going down the hill. Yes, you're going to know. Not to us, Lord, not to us. But to your name be the glory uh-huh. because of your love and faithfulness. Okay, so now we done dealt with the glory of God, okay? We got an understanding that God gets the glory. He gets, the, he gets something from me that the world shouldn't have. I'm always love something on this earth, but I should not love it more than I love God. I'm willing to die with you. I'm willing to die for you. I'm not just willing to live so you can bless me. I'm willing to live with you. I'm willing to give my life to you. I told God this, and and it scares me every time I think about how I said it. I said, God, if I am about to backslide, take my life early. Won't you say it? You you say you want to go to heaven? I mean, you don't want to live long and go to hell, do you? You you don't want to live on earth for 75 years and, and, and end up going to hell, do you? So, Lord, I love you so much that if you, if you see that, because since you know me better than I know myself, right now I, I ain't going nowhere. Right now I'm sincere. Right now I'm dedicated, but I don't know what's down the road. I don't know what kryptonite coming my way. And, and I may trip and can't come back. And so, Lord, I love you too much to let kryptonite take my life. So take me early if that's what it takes for me to get the glory. See how strange you're looking? Only two of y'all say amen. The rest of y'all looking like I ain't ready to say that prayer. So now let's talk about this temple. Let's talk about this temple. The word temple means shrine, a sacred place, a sanctuary. This is going to be boring, what I'm going to talk about for the next hour. But you got to get this so you can appreciate your walk. Moses, you remember Moses? Some of y'all ain't never read it. You just saw it in the movie. Moses got the Ten Commandments. That's the only way you saw it. You ain't read it yet. You've been saved for 20 years. You ain't read about Moses and the Ten Commandments. You're just going by the, with Charleston Helston. God ain't spoke to me like that yet. I'm still waiting on I'll be t- looking for God to talk to me. Eric, I ain't got that yet. <laughs> Sometimes I get, go read the Bible. <laughs> but Moses got the Ten Commandments. God wrote with his finger and hewed out the rocks, the Ten Commandments. And you know the story. Moses came down with with God's handwriting, and he was so honored to be in God's presence that God changed his look and made him pure white and told him to take his shoes off, his sandals off, because the ground you're standing on is holy. So where God is at, something got to come off. You can't take everything with you where God at. And so God told Moses to take his shoes off and, and God changed him because he started, he looked like he was saved. You ever seen somebody that looked like a Christian? Oh, no, maybe you haven't. Okay, I have. I've been around people that just, you, you, you just look at him and say, you saved? I, you know, I play spades on the computer. And so, of course, nobody can tell you saved or not because my, my spade name is, uh, is uh, Big E. I ain't telling about E, baby, because somebody might recognize who I am. So I say Big E. So you playing against people around the world with their nicknames and whatever. So I don't have my natural face on spades. So I'm playing spades with my partner. You know, I put a little emoji out there. Nothing about a Christianity. I ain't put no praying hands, no halo. I just put out there a smile, you know, thumbs up. And my partner, who, who can't see my face and I can't see his face, my partner, he put a message out there. He said, hey, partner, you a believer? <laughs> I text back. 
I said, yeah. He said, I thought so. <laughs> we can't even see each other. And yet the spirit went through car game. <laughs> so you'd be around some people that just look like a Christian. And you ask them, hey, you a believer? What? You don't say that. You say, what church you go to? You don't even say that. You say, uh, uh, you, you all right. <laughs> when you save, you don't want let nobody know you deeply saved. You just say, you know, you all right. <laughs> so now Moses, he's up there in, in the mountain. He gets God's Ten Commandments. He comes down from the mountain, anxious to share it with the congregation. He want to share it with the church. Guys, look. And when they saw him, they say, wow, look at Moses. He's coming off the mountain. He's been up there for 40 days. He looks like he's been with God. He's, he changed. He went up there with black hair. Now he come down with gray hair and a beard. So he looks different. And what's that in his hands? And then Moses had the Ten Commandments, and anger fell on Moses. When he looked at the people, and they were having orgy in the streets. They was out there gambling and partying in the streets. Moses got mad. How can I spend time with God and God tell me to come back with something to give to you? And you out here orging, you partying, you drinking, you stealing, you lying. You, you act like God don't even exist. All because the leader been gone for a while. You think it's heyday, party day. And Moses got mad and took the Ten Commandments and chunked them and bust them up. And then later on down the road, when God killed most of those people that was out there having parties and orgies, then God gave Moses some new Ten Commandments. Ego, bro. You, you got mad with the people, but I'm going to bless you back. Now, you need to learn something from this. Quit letting the people make you mad. I, I replace you. I replace your first Ten Commandments. When God gives you something, don't let people make you throw it away. When God ordains something for you, and you know God done blessed you. You know God gave it to you. You wouldn't have the house if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't have the car if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't have the body if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't have the mind if it wasn't for God. And somebody going to come along and get you so upset that you walk away from your blessing. Give it up. And God told Moses, here you go. I'm going to replace these. Take those with you. And Moses took it with him. And Moses said, he said, you know, God is just too awesome. Sit down, Usher. Don't worry about Usher today. I need you to hear this. Yeah. He said, God, he said, God is just too awesome, Deacon Lee, for me to hold his Ten Commandments in my arm and walk around with him. I need to put them somewhere. And God said to Moses, I want you to create an art. I want you to design the art. Make it out of gold. Put a top on it. Put angels that look like angels on top of the art. And put, put a stick, a ring, so it can go through the, because I don't want nobody to touch the art. It's too holy. And I want you to take the top of the ark and take those Ten Commandments and put them inside the ark. And Moses said, God, you're too beautiful. You're too awesome for the ark to keep being moved from place to place. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you a tabernacle. What's a tabernacle? A tent. I'm going to build a tent so I can put your glory inside of a tent. That wherever we go, we build a tent. Every time we move from city to city, we build a tent and put your glory there. And then came along David, King David. God chose him. You remember him? He was a little sheep herder. God got hold of, I told you it's going to be a boring message. God got hold of little King David. 
and then made him a warrior. Started killing folks, taking over stuff, taking people out who was bad. And then David thought of something. He said, you know, uh, I got a bad palace. My career bad. I'm sitting on 20 acres of land. I got a mansion. I got servants. And when I look out my window, I see God sitting up under a tent. He said, this ain't right. Where God is sitting out there in a tent, and I'm sitting up in here in a 40,000 square foot mansion. This ain't right. He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build God a crib. I'm going to build God a temple. Moses built a tabernacle. The tabernacle means you move it around. But, but David said, I'm going to build something that's solid. That every time you come, you know where God at. You ain't got to try to figure out where God at. You will know where God at. And that's why some people can't stay in church because they don't know where God at. God ain't moving like you used to move. He moved in tents. He moved in tabernacles. Now he's set in a temple. But it's us that keep moving around. Why you keep moving? Because you're looking for something to make you feel good. And God lived in a tent. Every time Moses uproot and moved to another place, and then the Philistines, they overtook the camp and took, took the Ark of the Covenant. And all of a sudden, they started having trouble with it. <laughs> they took the Ark of the Covenant and had worms and snakes and rats coming in their house, everybody getting diseases. They say, hey, look at Moses. Y'all come get this thing. <laughs> the world keep trying to get what you got. The world is trying to get your joy, and you ain't got no money with joy. The world keep trying to get your joy and your peace and you got sickness in your body. The world think it's in the monetary and they don't know it's in the spiritual. I ain't got much, but I sure got a lot. Because you don't come and get prosperity messages about your natural man only. Yes, you need to be encouraged. God going to bless you with a house. Yes, you need to be encouraged. God going to heal your body. But that ain't only you. There's a greatness on the inside of you that you need to know who's inside you. So the temple, Moses built a tabernacle, and everywhere they took God, they took God and dropped him off and built some, a cage around him and put a tent up and the inner courts. The inner courts were the Holy of Holies. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was at. Moses jumped up, moved again, had to take it. David said, we ain't moving no more. David said, we're going to build God a house because I'm tired of looking good and he loses. I'm tired of God giving me all this blessings and I ain't giving him nothing back. And that's why people like to fuss about tithing. It ain't in the, oh, it ain't in the New Testament. Book that. Just give God something. And let's get deep with 10, let's get deep with the 10%, okay? Since you say it's not in the New Testament, let's get deep with it. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the Old Testament. 10% is in the Old Testament since that's where you want to stay stuck at. Now let's go to the New Testament. The new is better than the old. So technically, you should be giving more than the old gave. Ten percent ain't in the New Testament. Okay, it's not, but it is. It's in there. You just ain't, you're just spiritually blind. I know what you're going to talk about. Talk about that money. See, I got to talk about what's bothering you. Because if you lose your money, you'll lose your mind. And your money is your glory. 
And that's why God put on money in God we trust. You can't take in God we trust off money. They've been trying forever. Even with your, I don't believe in Jesus self, you still got to hold him. I don't believe in the Lord. That's all right, count him. Even if you're making rain in a nightclub here and there. In God we trust. So when you go to hell, he can say, I was at the nightclub with you. I didn't know where you were, God. I was right there with that prostitute. You paid her with me. So you're going to have a, oh, come on. In the temple, Moses built a tabernacle. Moses said, God gave me a second chance and gave me the Ten Commandments. I just can't walk around with him in my hand. He, it's, he's too holy. He, he's glorified. God, what can I do with these Ten Commandments? I can't walk around with them. Because if I walk around with them, they're going to they gonna worship me. And God said, build me an ark of a covenant. This is how wide it should be. This is how it should look. And I don't want nobody to touch it. Put a stick through it so they can carry it on their shoulders. And one time, the ark of the covenant looked like it was about to fall. And a man tried to do a good deed. He tried to get up there to keep the ark from falling and push the ark back up, and God killed him because God know how to make what fall get back up. You got to get, you got to, oh, that's what I love. He don't need your help. You got to be careful when you get in God's way. I know some of us, oh, man, if I had some money, I'd help the world, and that may not be what God wants from you because if you help the world, you may not be in God's favor. So Moses created this tabernacle, carried it around and put it in tents. It's going to be boring. And then all of a sudden, David builds this big old crib, sunroof, moonroof, carpet, central heat and air. Got a wing for his mama, wing for his daddy. Servants got wings. And everybody loved David because he was a righteous man. But the problem was he was a bloody man. He kills people, but he killed people for God. And then he asked God, he said, Lord, he said, this ain't right. Have you ever been there where you felt like you've you just been too blessed? I lost you. You can't say amen. You can't say amen. Have you ever been to that place where you say, God, I, I just don't deserve this? Have you ever been to that place where you look out at God and see how great and how awesome he is? You just say, God, I just... David said, I don't deserve this house. I don't deserve this family. I don't deserve this money. I don't deserve this prestige. He said, I got to build your crib. And God said to David, you know I love you. First Chronicles, you know you're my boy. You'll do anything I say do, David. Even though you messed up with Bathsheba, you still love me. David, I love you too much to let you build me a crib. He said, when have I ever asked anybody to build me something? That's what God said. God said, when I, the judge is before you, I ain't never tell them to build me nothing. He said, but I do, I do wouldn't mind having a temple. <laughs> this is the Bible, this is the Bible. God said, David, you know, I really don't mind having one, but unfortunately, you can't be the one to do it. Because, see, David, what you're building is going to be for the future. Even though it's going to be 20,000 years later that the temple is going to be built again. But it's going to be built out of peace and no bloodshed. 
So I can't let you build the temple because you're going to build a temple with blood coming out your hands. So I'm going to bless you, David, but I'm going to bless you through your son, Solomon. I'm going to let Solomon build me a temple. I'm going to let Solomon build me a crib. I'm, I'm still going to let it be in your bloodline. It just won't be in your blood. Because if I let you build it, then that means Jesus Christ got to come and shed blood for us to be saved. What do you mean shed blood? He got to cut people. He got to hurt people. He got to do wrong. He got to cut people all up and mess people all up in order for him to save us. So, David, you are the father of God on earth. You are Jesus' father on earth through the lineage. And I can't let you build God a house with your blood because you don't kill too many people. But I'm going to let your son build me a crib. I'm going to let Solomon build me a temple. God, thank you. David said, God, thank you. You won't let me build it. That's my desire. I want to do it myself. But I want to say thank you. Isn't it amazing? David got turned down by God and still gave him praise? You're missing it. Is it something you want to do for God? And God told you, "Uh uh-uh. And still you know how to say, God, I give you glory because you know what's best. Oh, I got all kinds of desires to build. I got all kinds of desires to do stuff for God. I got all kinds of desires to do for this community, but God ain't released me yet. And when he released me, oh, I'm going to turn this world upside down. But if he don't release me, somebody going to come through the lineage and going to turn this world upside down. As long as God get the glory. Some things God won't let you do because he know you're going to take it. You know you can sing, but he won't let you sing. Because he know you're going to get up there and blow and say, look what I did. I told the church up. So he let a non-singer get up there who hurt your ears. <clears throat> she didn't hit that note right, but she hit it in the spirit. You got pipes. You can sing like the devil. But the problem is you ain't got this right spirit. Wonderful. So Solomon said, this ain't right that I build me a pretty house and God crib is a tent. And God said, go ahead, Solomon, build me a crib. Build it. And David said, son, let me talk to you for a second. God won't let me build him a house, but I can contribute towards it.